RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 5, Episode 15, Profanity in Star Trek, Letter from Major Barrett Roddenberry, February 21st, 1994. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Star Trek fans and all of our Star Trek historians, our canonistas, yes, I say that lovingly, <laughs> and of course, all of our Trekophiles spelled with an F. Listen, we've got a, we've got a wonderful little intimate document this week. Um, it's beyond uh, Gene's uh, lifespan. This is two and a half years after Gene died, but it's still in the family archives, as you will see, and it's very relevant to our discussions today in and around Star Trek. So listen. As, as usual, take a listen to this sample, but you can see the whole document at our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. You know the drill. Check out that document. Here's a sample, and then be right back for this week's special guest. Since Star Trek IV was a story about returning to 20th century Earth, some 20th century slang language was used, primarily as a comedic device to show how silly it sounded. I would not characterize the language as profane. I think that if you watch other Star Trek shows, you'll discover that our shows do not contain slang and or offensive language. Hmm. Well, there's some food for thought, Trekophiles. <laughs> As we continue to uh, fly through the the new era of Star Trek production now, and even and even some of the later uh, iterations that came after 1986 slash 1994. This letter obviously is from um, used to her moniker used to be the First Lady of Star Trek, owing as it was that she was Gene Roddenberry's wife. So no, Majel. Uh, left us in 2008. She had many, many years after Gene passed in 1991. And for those of you who were fans at the time and were into Star Trek, you remember the role that she played carrying on Gene's legacy and speaking up for Star Trek, even as, obviously, the production of the shows, both in and out of the fallow times, was in other people's hands. But Majel was always there, as well as, of course, the voice of the ongoing computer, the ship's computers. So, this is a this is a major aspect of the Trek Files, and you know, here's someone who better to have as a guest than someone who knew her personally. So I'm welcoming back to the show um, her son, <laughs> and Gene Roddenberry's son, and someone all of you know here as uh, the creator of Roddenberry Entertainment, obviously, and our executive producer. You're here every week, Rod Roddenberry. Welcome back to the show, man. Hey, Larry. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to yeah, be back. Yeah. Good to be back. Good. This well, is I, uh, an interesting one. I've never yes. read this until you guys gave this to me. I've, I've never seen this. It's well, you know, your mom wrote, and this is this is back from the letter days, letter yeah, writing yeah. days, not writing emails. There's the issue at hand here, which is very interesting in light of you know f bombs here the last couple of years. Occasionally, mm-hmm. the, even the modern mm-hmm. shows, Discovery and Picard, have not descended into what do I want to say here? Uh, you know, um, obscenity chaos. They're 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 using, but it, nonetheless, it has caused a, uh, a controversy with some fans, and it's interesting that your mom here is talking sure. to. And here's a woman. I must say, we we looked this up. She was uh, 
president of her local historical society. She was a nurse. We were able to track her on, on writing. She passed away uh, two years ago. So this uh, Mrs. Dahmer here, oh. Doris Dahmer. So she's legitimately concerned. I don't know. She Star Trek IV came out in 86, and she's writing a letter to Gene... In 1994, eight years later, and three years after he died. So on one hand, she may not be the most <laughs> on the top of it of Star Trek fans, but yeah. taking her at her heart here, and your mom yeah. writing a heartfelt letter back to her. Some would read this today, um, just on the surface of what we're talking about here, because I also want to talk about your mom in a minute, but just on the surface of the letter subject, um, some would read this today and say, aha, see, this is what I mean. You're not supposed to curse in Star Trek. And then, of course, you've got the people that say, well, you didn't curse right. in Star Trek because you couldn't in those days. And all the times that McCoy said, what in blazes, he really would have been saying, what the hell, if he could have. But we had to make it, what the blazes. You know, what's, right. what's, how does this hit you? What do you think when you see that? Well, well, first, first, I'm impressed with the letter it's, uh, alone. Um, my mother taking the time to, to respond to someone's concern. And this is easy. You know, my, I'll be honest. Having, if I receive something like this, it's very easy to look at it and just say, okay, this is just some um, older lady who's really not a Star Trek fan, I guess must have found the VHS, watched it, is probably very conservative um, and maybe religious and profanity to someone of that era, to someone in that mindset is not a good thing. I mean, it's, it's something that's, that, that offends them. Uh, and they feel is not appropriate for either society and, of course, children. Um, so for my mom to take the time to address this lady's concerns, who's not coming at it from an objective sort of viewpoint, but a very uh, uh, subjective, um, it's just it's nice of my mom to do that and to do it in such a right. respectful way. Like I said, my first response was, oh, this lady's crazy. She doesn't know anything about Star Trek. But I mean, it's very easy for people to react and respond that way. Um, my mother respected her point of view, and and certainly I wouldn't use the word defended the show, but helped uh, um, expose what Star Trek really is and how it doesn't use profanity right. that often. Well, and again, we don't have the uh, we don't have Mrs. Dahmer's original letter in the files, obviously. So everything we're, we're everything we're pulling yeah, out. Yeah, here I, I'd is like to read that. The way yeah. your mom is couching it in a reply—that's our whole you know inference about her. But what's interesting yeah. is. You almost yeah. think that she couldn't have been that big a fan because she's totally taking... It feels like she's totally taking it from the movie, which is ironic because the whole point of the cursing yeah. and the double dumbass on you in Star Trek Four was to make a point that that was a difference between that time yeah. and their time. And I guess that went right past her. Um, as your mom put, your mom tries to point yeah, that it, out, it, too. Yeah, it did. Here. How do you... Yeah, and, and that's that, that was a great job on, on in that movie, mm -hmm. I mean, to, to really kind of show that. Um, I, you know, I consider myself I consider myself fairly progressive, and so profanity doesn't bother me at all. Um, I, I also uh, I, I'm conflicted about it. I I, I would argue, and because I've heard people say this, you know, people who use profanity, including myself, are simply not intelligent enough to find better descriptors. Um, and I would say that is true because I often will swear mm -hmm. uh, for emphasis because I couldn't think of a better word that was probably. A better descriptor at that moment, um, but at the same time, um, to to provide emphasis or or, or, or passion on something, I, I I think does serve a purpose. Uh, hopefully, if it's not being mm -hmm. spewed in hatred or anger, that that never serves a purpose. But if you're just using it for emphasis, that's great. 
Um, and I and I know the the new Star Trek uh, uh, Discovery. There was a, a good amount of profanity in that, and uh, that did bother some people. I I'm just I don't know. I can only come at it from the belief of words are words. Oh, yes. Word, the only oh, yeah. power words have are what you give them. And we as a society do give words power by all means. By all means we do. But as an intelligent individual, and I'm using the word intelligent broadly, um, you need to take the meaning from those words. So, for example, if someone's swearing at me and calling me names mm -hmm. that are, are profane, I don't care because I don't give those any value. I, I know the person, two things, the person who is right. throwing right. those at me is coming from their own place of pain, confusion, uh, fear, whatever it is. I can, be, I can be compassionate there. But also, you know, if they're throwing those at me, the kind of person who would throw those at me without even knowing is not the kind of person I have respect for. Therefore, their words have no meaning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'm just sort of telling you how I view profanity in a way. Um, but back to this. Sorry. I always, I would always, I tried to raise my kids and say, we're human. We, we live in the world. Absolutely. Bad, especially when they were little, you know, bad words are going to come out of our mouths at times. All I try to do is save them so that when I say something like that, it has power. Because the worst thing, you know, mm -hmm. like if, you, if you throw out whatever word the way, you know, like has crept into our, you know, like what I'm talking about, like, you know what I mean, like? Yeah. If it creeps out like that common, then it loses all its power. It, then, it's just, then it just sounds ugly. It just sounds you know, cringe-inducing. So yes, I curse yeah, yeah. when I mean to, and when I do, you know it. But I save it for special, mm -hmm. you know, I save it for a special occasion. Um, anyway, that's because kids are It gets, little, it gets me thinking about my son, though. Right, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, I, 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 could, I think there's, a, I don't want to say universal, but I think a lot of people would agree... Uh, certain words, and listen, every culture is different. Every culture has different words, but words that might be considered profane or vulgar, um, you, you don't, I'd say most people wouldn't want that around young children early. Right. Uh, I, I am, I, I am, I'm, I'm raising my son, uh, hopefully in a progressive way as well, where words are just words, and if he does hear a swear term, we don't make a big deal out of it. I, no, I don't want him going to school using those words, but it's just another word, another descriptor, and, and we explain to him that it's not something you should use around other people because some people don't like it. And again, a six, seven-year-old doesn't necessarily have that cognitive ability to decipher when the right time and wrong time to say it is, but trying to just treat him with some respect and not... I'm trying to take the power out of the word. That's what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not something that he feels compelled now to go say at school because he'll get a reaction. Right. Uh, has that worked exactly? I can't tell you. But ideally, <laughs> that's the idea. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Well, everything about child development is about you know, the power before the... You know, there's there's the, uh, the ability and then the brain control, the executive functioning yeah. behind it. And it's all a juggle with everything. So that's, that's on the surface. And, and I know, again, that, that upsets people today. You were saying there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's some cursing. They, you know, the, the, modern, the modern Star Treks are still restrained. Look at what else is on streaming TV. Look at what else is on cable and premium. Yes, not network because the old, you know, the old um, codes are still in effect because it's broadcast still somehow. Mm -hmm. But Star Trek, even though we get our 
you know, we get up, we get into a debate about the F bomb here occasionally, but there, there's really a laxity. The, what I don't know if it was Patrick, Sir Patrick that called it, you know, Shakespeare in tights or Shakespeare, whatever, in, in space. But the mm-hmm. language is still noble a lot of times in the dialogue. It, it, it yeah, hasn't it all. Be. There's modern moments. We can go, but we have a rosy view of the next generation dialogue and all of that. But, but it's there too at times, and it reflects an evolving time, certainly over the 60s, what they could do. It's and, interesting. You know, you know. It's really interesting because you brought up next generation. I could not see uh, Captain Picard or Riker, um, and I, I know this is a PG show, so I can't actually say it, but using dropping an F-bomb. Or, or you know the S word. I, I cannot, I cannot see that because uh, they are a group of people who I respect and conduct themselves with. Uh, I don't want to say class because it's not about class, but with uh, dignity. They're they're intelligent. They don't need to do that. Um, on other shows, they do drop those, and I would say there's less dignity and 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 respect uh, when that happens. Um, but I don't have a problem with it. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Well, it's again, it's almost like we say, well, they didn't curse in the 60s and the 80s, and they can now, the same way that the spaceship models couldn't do certain things then, and they can now. Yeah. But just because they couldn't in the time, we're talking about a future world built in 1966 or built in 1986. Yeah. And just because the models couldn't do that doesn't mean that we don't project into the ship capacities, the technology. But my point is that for all the upset that's been caused by the three or four or five F words, and that's really about the extent of it, really. It's not beyond that. I never that. counted. I, I thought there were more, but two I have no Two or three in Discovery, two or three in Picard. I'm just saying. I'm rounding off. But that yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking about okay. uh, 30 hours of, of it, it's science fiction, cutting edge, crazy horror, sci-fi drama, you know, with trauma. <laughs> and to have... Yeah. Six, eight F bombs over thirty hours is, you know, compared to the rest of TV. Not I, that, I don't think know. it's a big deal. So that's the other yeah, end. I of the, certainly don't think it's a big deal. Telescope, but um, I just a moment yeah. here because I'm realizing that our conversation here because I want to talk about your mom too, uh, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. more, and I'm realizing that maybe our time's getting away from us here. But just, um, you know, it's um, she did what you 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 were. It's no secret you were kind of. On your own, <laughs> out of the family, you weren't a Star Trek kid. You kind of right, had to right. come back and learn the franchise and realize, you know, oh, that's mom and dad's work. Yeah. With, with yeah. a vengeance for you. And then you kind yeah. of came back right as your dad's health was really declining and he passed. And then yeah. you kind of took on the mantle of this. And I realized that we, I realized that we should save this for another show. We need to have you come back. But what, what about <laughs> just a, a glance at again knowing your mom wrote this letter and the kind of thing that that was her responsibility that was her legacy as as a Roddenberry and the kind you know, of thing that, that you take on it was it was um, I don't know impressive sad I, I'm, I've got mixed emotions after my father passed away it, it wasn't too long before she took on the mantle she she felt and I, I say obligated not that she didn't want to but you know it my mother became a slightly different person. My mother was the housewife mother when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat traditional. Uh, um, uh, not, not kept down or anything. She certainly voiced her opinions and, and all that. But uh, she just wasn't the lead of the family. When my father passed yeah. away, she really stepped in. And uh, she stepped in in terms of 
um, going and giving lectures, going to conventions and speaking, um, writing uh, 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 speeches, speech after speech based on uh, researching my father's speeches. She mm-hmm. felt that she really needed to be the one carrying it on, and she did an amazing job doing that. I mean, I think so few people uh, can can sort of see the contrast bef- between her being Gene Roddenberry's wife to her now being the, the figurehead, the first lady of Star Trek for real. And she was out there carrying on the message. And as much as I may not have gotten along with her at times, I, I look back and, and I, 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 I admire and respect and of course love her for doing what she did. I am a little saddened because I, I don't know, I think it was a little bit of obligation and not wanting to let the fans down, not wanting to let my father down, and probably on some level not wanting to let me down. Um, so I don't know if her last years were hers entirely. Hmm. Um, but she didn't seem miserable or sad every day. It just, you know what, I could also argue it gave her a, a different purpose. And, and, and that purpose drove her to want to wanna continue my father's vision. Wow. And look, so, look. Never start something off with a caveat of we may not have we may not have enough time for this because this is getting yeah. to be fascinating. <laughs> we have to have you come back and do another show and we'll we'll find some other uh, topics to talk about. But I, I, I think a lot of people are would be uh, interested in that because you know a lot of people. Speaking of your mom, a lot of people came to Star Trek as fans after your dad died and he was yeah. never a present figure and it was really your mom who was the closest as you were just saying. So yeah, let's. Can, can we do that? Can we have you come back? Absolutely. And, uh, no, I'd love to. I'd love to. Awesome. It's, a, awesome. it's, a, it's a crazy and interesting topic to, to talk about and think about. Well, it's the kind of thing that we can only do with you. Yeah. Well, thanks <laughs> for having me on. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. That's still hey, me. That is you. Yes. <laughs> hey, all these documents and your chance to comment out there. It's available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Yes, we are the only podcast that gives you paperwork, <laughs> so check it out. And for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. Now that's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network